thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. So guys, this is we're continuing our series called Build Your Faith. Can we say that together? Build your faith. Turn and tell someone, build your faith. This is a big deal. Our faith is not, it doesn't, we don't get it in a, in a fast food drive through We don't get it in a microwavable two-minute burrito in the microwave. Listen, it is a lifelong process of building, strengthening, making decisions, trusting in the grace of God to build your faith. Because we're building a life of faith. We're doing it together as a church. But you're also doing it as an individual. And so I'm going to give you some practical things today on how we can build our faith. But the foundation of this series comes out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly or diligently seek him. And so as I've already said, this is a daily, daily decision that we would allow our faith not to grow, yes, into a, and so that we could accept God and accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ by faith. We put our faith in him for our salvation, but also that our faith would grow in our daily walk and our daily lives and what God can do in us and through us. And so the, the foundation of today's message comes from Hebrew, or sorry, Ephesians chapter 3. And let's look at this. It says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the what? In the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all what? Generations. Forever and ever, amen. I believe this passage. I believe this passage for my life. I believe this passage for you. And I believe this passage for our church. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably. In other words, without limits. More than all we ask or imagine according to his power. And so what this says to you as we are on a journey of building our faith. And I don't know where you are today. Maybe you, you just your first time or your second time to church or third time. And you're in the beginning of your journey of building your faith. Or you've been walking with God for 50 years. It doesn't matter. What, what matters and what God's asking us to do is to continue to grow and continue to build our faith. Because there's always room to grow. There's always room to know more of God. And so... Simply what this passage says is there is nothing that God cannot do for us and through us to bring glory to the church and to all generations. And so whatever it is in your life that you're believing for God to do in your life and through your life, he has the power and the ability to do it. And so this is the anchoring scripture for today. But I I, want to ask you, 
A couple things today. Actually, may, may I want to ask you, I, I want to talk about the similarities between faith and fear. And I've said this before, and, and I just want to throw up a couple definitions as we're going to look, in, look into this. Pastor Blake addressed some of this last week. But I, I, I want to first look at the definition of fear because there are two things that we can live our life by. We can live them by faith, we can live our life by faith, or we can live by fear. And I believe the opposite of faith is this word right here, it is fear. The opposite, faith is believing that God can do immeasurably far above anything we could ever ask or think or imagine. Faith is thinking and believing that the worst is always going to happen. Fear is believing that the worst, that you think the worst that could happen is always going to happen. And so this whole idea, I want to look at a definition because I think fear and faith are actually related. They're, they're sisters, they're siblings, they're brothers. I don't, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but there's a connection between them because fear is this. Believing that something that hasn't happened will happen. Now, I, wanna, I want you to look at the definition of faith. Believing that something that hasn't happened will happen. You see the similarities? Now, obviously, this is my definition. So if you look it up, it's not going to, but there is a negative side. On the fear side, there is that everything that could go wrong is probably going to go wrong. Faith says this, I believe in the goodness of God, and as I anchor my life to him, I believe that, that what he has for my life is going to come to fruition in me and through me. And so I want to look at fear just for a moment because every single one of us has fear in our lives. We struggle with it. We walk through it. We process through it. Because it's important for us to know that if we have a choice as we build our faith, how do we live our lives? You can live it by fear or you can live it by faith. I want to look at just, some, just a few things of what it means to live life by fear. And actually Job in chapter 3 mentions something about fear. He says this, what I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. And it's this incredible story of Job. It's an incredible story of how his life fell apart and God put it back together. But there was this sense of what he had dreaded, what he had thought about, what he had processed happened to him. And so people who live by fear focus on what they don't want. That's all, that, it's, it's all they focus on. Not on what they want, but they look at what they don't want. They always see what they don't want. They always think and obsess over what could go wrong. If it's a beautiful day and the sun's out, they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a sunburn. If it rains, they think, oh no, it might flood. There's, they see everything from the, from the side of fear. Or they think this, well, if I do this, people might say this about me. Or, or you know, I, it, maybe I could fail, and if I fail, then someone else will, 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 will think negatively of me. And so there's this always a process of everything and everybody thinks the negative of me. I actually knew an individual where I was talking to him about, he was a, a pastor, and I was talking to him about, listen, how, you know, how, how you enjoying pastoring and how you enjoying leading? And he said this, he said, well, my only thing is that when I walk into a room, I just feel like everyone doesn't like me. And I said, I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, I, I, don't, think, I don't think anyone likes me at the, at the church. And, and so, and, so as, as, and I said this, so when you interact with people, 
Do you think when you're talking to them, they don't like you? He goes, yeah. And so what happened was this. And so we began to talk through this for a while. Is that when, you, when he walked into a room full of people, he thought nobody likes me. And then when he talked to someone, he acted like they didn't like him. And so what happened is no one ended up liking him. Because he was riddled with fear. He was riddled with the negative. He only saw the negative. And that's how he navigated through his life. And there were many areas of his life he's still struggling through that. But he was able to lift above that and say, wait a minute. I'm actually, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. What I believe is actually coming true because of how I'm acting. Now, here's the deal. It's a good test if you're living by fear to take note about what comes out of your mouth. What are you saying about your life? What, what are you thinking about your, your spouse, your family? What words do you speak about your boss? What words do you speak about your children? What words do you, do you speak about your church? What works, words do you speak about your neighbor? What is it that, that comes out because out of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. And so I'm not telling you, though, to ignore reality. I'm not saying, well, you mean I can't ever say anything negative? Because that's usually what negative people do. They get mad because now they can't say anything negative. You can tell them not to say anything negative. Because it's become their identity. That's all they know. All they know, man, walk into a room, and I'll tell you everything that's wrong. A person full of faith walks into a room and tells you everything that's right. person of, of negativity or fear, they walk into a restaurant and they tell you how, how nasty and this waiter and this person, they, they see everything the way it is. The person of faith comes in and says, oh, this is really nice. This is really kind. I really like our waiter. I wonder what her name is it's a, or his name is. It's a totally different, their function is totally different. But I'm not saying ignore reality. I'm just asking you to stop speaking because, because faith sees what our very own eyes in fear does not see. Faith sees past the reality of brokenness, sees past the reality of a situation that seems out of control, and it sees past it into what God sees. And so what I'm going to be talking to you about today is to actually begin to speak about what God sees versus about what you see. Begin to anchor your life to that because fear robs you of opportunity. You know what fear tells you? There's no hope. Fear tells you what you see is what you get. Fear tells you God can't change anything. Fear tells you that, that, that when, when someone gets saved or someone comes from out, out of a gang or, or off of drugs or, or out of a, a, some broken situation, fear tells you, oh, they're probably going to go back. They're probably never going to make it. They're probably not going to. But faith says, man, I believe in God's hand on their life. I believe in what God is doing in them and through them. Fear always sees the negative of what could happen. And so that's how Job saw it. He said, everything I ever feared actually came true. There's the other way of life that you can live is faith. And I want you to look at how Paul approaches when things aren't going the way that he wants them to go. Philippians 1.20, he says this, For I live in eager expectation and hope while I am going through all of these trials. I live in eager expectation and hope. Paul didn't say, hey, listen, Because everybody likes me, I live in eager expectation and hope. Or because all my friendships are going good and I don't have any conflict, then I live in eager expectation and hope. Hey, because the church is doing everything I want them to do, now I live in eager expectation and hope. You know what? Because I have no sickness in my life, 
I live in eager expectation and hope. I'll just be honest with you this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling well at all. I'm not feeling good at all. But I woke up this morning in the midst of all kinds of crazy stuff, and I said, Lord, I'm living in eager expectation of hope that you're going to meet me in my weakness, and your power is going to be made perfect through me. And God has met me. So if I stumble over some words, it's the flesh. I'm, str- I'm struggling with some flesh things. <laughs> or Paul doesn't say, you know, because my kids are succeeding, my kids made the varsity team, and my, my daughter got the, got the position she wanted, or got the grade, or made it to the college, or made it into that military group, or made it into, now I live in eager expectation and hope. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul says this, while I am going through trials, I live in eager expectation and hope. That is faith. He made a choice to live by faith, and we can make the choice. We can choose to live by fear, or we can choose to live by faith. Faith And Paul was one who constantly built his life. He went through trials, he went through pain, he went through issues, and he constantly built the, his house of faith and became stronger and stronger. So I want to just give you five just really short, practical, how to build your faith every day. And the first one is this, is you build your faith every day by, number one, turning your thoughts to God. Turning your thoughts to God. David says this in Psalm chapter 5. He says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Because every one of us, especially today in our, in our crazy world, like, I don't, I don't know what if it's just life or, or what, but it's like I feel like the world is speeding up. Does anyone else feel that way? That <laughs> I can't keep up. I'm like, ah, oh, this is crazy. But every day we wake up with a million things on our minds. We have to do, who we're going to meet with, what deadlines we have to hit, what projects we have to get done, what conversations we're going to be having. You know, i got to meet with this person, not going to be the happiest of conversation. And, and we, 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 every day things hit our, hit our minds the moment we, we wake up. But I want, you to, I, I want you to hear this. That I believe that you can actually set the tone of your day and build your faith when you do what David just said to do first thing in the morning. So you can do this right in your bed. You don't have to get up. You don't have to put your prayer shawl over your head or anything like that. You're good. You can lay there. Put the sheets over your head. I don't care. Open your eyes and say, Lord, I give you today. Lord, today belongs to you. God, I believe you're with me. No matter what happens today, God, I'm filled with expectation and hope. That you're going to work on my behalf, no matter what today looks like. And turn your thoughts to him. You are building your faith by doing this. And if you give your, your first thoughts to God, it can transform your life. Now, I, I, let, me just, let me just encourage you on something. 
Give your thoughts first thing in the morning before you give them to your Facebook feed. You're like, oh, Jason, get away from my Facebook. Leave my Facebook alone. <laughs> I, heard a, I heard a pastor from Louisiana. He said, he, he, he had this thick Louisiana. He said, you, you, need, you need to get your face, your face out of Facebook and get your face into God's book is what he said. Anyway. No legalism. But what I'm saying is this. Before you give your thoughts to your Facebook feed, to your Instagram, to your, to, now listen, I'm going to say this. Don't get offended. To Fox News, to CNN, give it to God. Lord, today belongs to you. It's impossible. It is impossible to build your faith through the news channel and through social media. It'll never happen. Begin to pray. Lord, I'm yours today. God, get up. If you, if you can't get up, spend some time with the Lord. Read, just read, read a chapter. If you can't do it in the morning because you, you got a newborn baby, which I totally, I totally get that, find a time during the day. Just, it, just give, but at first, if you could just give your thoughts, Lord, today, I give you my thoughts. Start your day hearing from God before you hear from anyone else. And just give him your thoughts. Declare in faith what David declared over his day. No matter, just about David faced all kinds of issues and problems and conflicts. And he had all types of stuff. This is what he said in Psalm 118. He said this. He said, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, no matter what's happening, this is God's day. And I'm going to give this day to him. And that's how we can build our faith. Another way that you can build your faith, very practical thing today, is this number two. You can find the good in every situation. You can find the good in every situation. Now listen, I know that not everything is actually good. I'm totally aware of that. But by faith, you begin to look and see what God sees. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that God causes everything. Say everything. everything. Say it one more time. Everything. To work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. This verse alone tells us that not everything is going to look like it's working for good. It's, it says it's very clear. But we need to have faith that Everything works together for the good of those who love God. Another, in other words, this is God is the master of bringing good out of bad situations. He's the master at it. It doesn't mean the outcome will be exactly what you want. But I promise you, if you love God and you, and you put your faith in God, that he will work something out for your good. I guarantee it. This, what, what, I, what I love about this is that the Bible begins to say, you know what, you can be realistic about your life and full of faith about your life at the same time. doesn't say you just ignore it. It just doesn't say you, you just, you just well, it's not happening. Nope, it's not happening. Nope, listen, <laughs> there was a time in church, and I don't know, maybe this didn't happen here, but when you couldn't ever say anything negative ever, so like if you had a cold, you'd be like, oh, I got a cold today. Don't speak that over your life. <laughs> I, 
but I have a cold. No, don't say that. It was, I mean, crazy. <laughs> it went a little crazy. Anyway, I'm not saying you're not realistic, but by faith, you begin to think, I have great expectation that if I'm going through something, that God is going to work it for my good. You know, I'm not talking about self-help. I'm not talking about you just psych yourself up and, and listen, that, that, gives, that gives faith a bad name. I'm talking about affirming the truth. I'm talking about looking for good in your situation, being realistic and full of faith at the same time. And I believe that God is going to bring something good out of whatever it is that, you, that, that I'm facing. And I, I believe that for you as well. Because here's the deal, as, as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to hear this, you are never a victim. You may, you may be victimized, but God can make you a victor and an overcomer. And I believe that. And when things don't turn out the way you thought they would or wanted them to, you begin to realize what seems like, what, what seems like you know, this, this isn't going really well. This, all of a sudden you begin to realize that God's going to use this for your good. God's going to bring an outcome that you never could have imagined. And you've got to begin to believe on the other side of your problem. And that's what God wants us to do. It's by faith to believe and to see the good in every situation. Because I tell you what, it is very easy to see the bad in every situation. There's some people just with the personality, disposition, they, they just see the bad in everything. And that's what, one of the things even for us as a church and our staff, one of the things that's very, very important to, to all of us in the leadership and especially to me is that we are speaking life. If things don't go well, listen, don't tell me a problem without a solution. Start thinking through, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle that? Watch the spirit of your heart. Don't let negativity get in there and be like, well, because of this and this and this. Well, here's the problem. What's the solution? Well, I don't know. Well, then don't tell me the problem. Let's begin to, by faith, see past that. What is God saying? Approach it. Here's the problem. Now, let's ask God to give us a solution. And that is when you live by faith. Another way that you can build your faith is to this. Number three, which is a big one for me, is number three, speak life, not death. Speak life, not death. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Let no cor corrupting talk come out of your mouth. You think, well, what's corrupting talk? It goes on to tell you. But only such as is good for building up. In other words, corrupt talk is anything that tears down. As fits the occasion. That it may give grace. Say grace. So whatever you say, may it give grace to those who hear it. Doesn't mean you ignore reality. It just means the tone the Spirit and how you speak gives grace to those who hear it. Because the truth is this. Our words shape us and our words shape others around us. It, it's, it's very easy to see a family that, that, that grew up with a mom or a dad that only spoke death over their children, only spoke death over. Guess what? It became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Until they, maybe they come to Christ and they break free from all of that stuff that was spoken over their life mentally 
and emotionally and spiritually. Use words that are helpful. My challenge to you is after a person leaves a, 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 a conversation with you, did you build them up or did you tear them down? doesn't mean you don't speak truth. It just means you speak it and you bathe your words with faith. If you need to confront someone, you confront them. Say, hey, listen, I love you. And I just, I, I, you know, I'm, I see this in your life. And I just would like to be able to pray with you that God would give you the grace to walk through this. And I'll help you however I can. That's a lot better than say, just so you know, I see this in your life and you stink. <laughs> you better go read the Bible and pray, nasty little thing. You get out of here. <laughs> That is not what God wants you to do. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, this whole th- thing about what, us speaking life, it's a, major, it's a major theme, especially in the New Testament. Major theme of our words need to be full of faith. Our words need to be full of, f- full of positive things when we speak. Because it's God who's expecting And doing things in us that he wants to move us forward. And he wants to demonstrate his faith in us and through us. And because the reality is this, that what we say, our words need to be bathed in faith. Because the reality is this, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, as I said said earlier, I am not talking about this crazy positive speak. You can't ever say anything negative. You can't ever say, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying our words need to be bathed in faith faith. Man, I remember, there's even people who say, you know, just speak to your bank account. Be filled with money. So I, when I heard that, I was at a conference, and uh, there were some people who were, who were actually, like, into that. Like, money cometh to me. And I thought, man, you are, wait, let me just, let me just, just lay that out. That talk is crazy, just so you know. That's it. But, so this is what I did. I didn't say this first service, but anyway. So I did. I went over. And we, were, we were getting food. I was, I was sitting down with some folks. And I got, I got four cookies. Four cookies. I brought them over. I set them down. They were like, man, you got four cookies. I said, it's all right. I said, I bind every calorie in the name of Jesus. I take authority over, over anything that could cause any weight around my midsection. And I, I command joy with no fat. Amen. I just. Okay. Just so you know, that doesn't work. I wish it did. Doesn't work. <laughs> but this whole thing about our tongue and what we speak, it actually really navigates our life. It shapes us. It, it can guide us. James chapter 3 says this, and this is such a. Such a powerful, powerful passage. If, if, you, if you want to really be challenged and allow the Lord to, to, give it, to, to give you grace to make some changes in your life, James is the book to read for me personally. But it says this, when we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, whether the pilot, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue, everyone say the tongue, is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. 
Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small park spark. The tongue also is a fire, the world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course. Look at this. Can set the whole course of one's life on fire. You think it matters what you speak? You better believe it. And if you speak death, if you speak negativity, if you just speak everything you see with your own eyes, and you don't begin to, to think about what does God think about this, you will set your whole life on fire. And you can follow this even in people's lives. People who speak negative, people who speak, all, they, can, they can, guess what? People who can never find anything good about their boss will never, ever Find a boss that they like, ever. People who can't find anything good about a church, guess what? They will never find a church that they like. Why? Because they just constantly speak negative. Constantly. Just speak death, speak death, speak death. And so for some of you, I want to give you this challenge this week. For some of you, man, I, I'm gonna, this week, when you want to say something that's not filled with faith, I, I'm, you're, you're gonna, there's going to be a, a battle going on in your mouth. Nobody's going to see it. Your tongue will be flopping all over the place. I, don't. <laughs> you're going to have some thoughts, you're gonna, but I, just say it. Just say it. But it's the truth. But it's the truth. Listen, shut your mouth. Do it. You're like, yeah, but Jason, does the Bible say that I can? Yeah, it absolutely does. David says this. When you're struggling with not saying something negative or full of death, David says this. David prayed it. He said, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Why? Because David didn't want to speak death. He didn't want to speak evil. He said, God, put a door over my mouth. Another way that you can build your faith is number four, very simple one. Release your problems into the hands of God. Listen, worries come, our issues are going to come, we're going to be overwhelmed, we're not going to know what to do, and then especially for people who like to control things, when we try to become the general manager of the universe and everyone else's life and our life and everything else at the same time, and I mean, we get, we get riddled with anxiety and worry, just release it into the hands of the Lord. So you're, you are going to come to a point where you will not have the ability to overcome whatever you're going through. You're not. You're not. Paul felt the same way. Second Corinthians, he was talking about some very difficult times for them. He said, we felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. Listen to what he says. But that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God, who alone could save us, for he can even raise the dead. And he did help us and saved us from a terrible death, yes, and we expect him to do it again and again and again and again. The last thing we can do to build our faith is this. Remember that you are not home yet. You're not home yet. What do I mean by that? This world is not your home. Everything you do is not to build your kingdom on this earth. 
Everything you do is not to make your name great on this earth because one day you will leave this earth. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're facing today, it may seem like the, your, your final chapter is written. It might see, you might be maybe even later in your years and you think, oh, I can't, you know, there's nothing I can do. Listen, you need to know something. Because this world is not your home, what that means is that the final chapter of your life has not been written yet. This world is not the end. There's a heaven. There's going to be, be the return of Christ, and that gives us the hope. And heaven is what we're waiting on. It's heaven is what we're, we're believing for. It's coming. But we still need to do some things here on this earth. And when things seem so tough and seem so discouraging and when things seem so difficult, remember that you are not living for this world. You are living for heaven. You're living for uh, the return of Christ. You're, you're living that one day you're going to stand before God and he's going to reward you of your faith in the midst of difficulties. Your faith is what pleases God. Your faith is not, is not what always turns the situation around. It might. But you may, your reward for your faith, you may not get until you get to heaven. I know that's very difficult to hear. But God's looking for a group of people who are strengthened to believe him at his word. And one day you're going to stand before him and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Second Peter says it this way, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. And I know for, for me and my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to heaven and I'm going to see and sense and feel that actually the world really was not my home. That's not what life was all about. I don't know, I might think, you know, man, I could have served more. I could have, I could have, could have loved more. I could have spoken more life. I could have gave more could have not been concerned about building my kingdom or my house or driving my cars. I could have invested into another kingdom. I could have been a, I could have joined with a group of people in a small group that, that serve each other and reach the lost wherever they're meeting. I could have served in children's ministry. I could have served in the parking lot and loved people and and I could have smiled at the, at the one woman who came here desperate because her husband had just left her. And she came and I helped her have peace when she stepped foot on the property and she came into service. She got saved. I, I, could, I, could, have, I could have been a part of something incredible. But I forgot that the world actually wasn't my home. Listen, God is raising up an army. He's raising up people who are willing to trust Him. And I don't know what you're going through today. 
I know if we were to take a poll, there's some of you that are going through the most difficult time of your life. God wants to give you faith in the midst of your struggle. There are some of you that you're going to go through a difficult time. There are some of you who, who just think, you know, this, I, I've, got, I've got these many years and I've got to make as much money as I possibly can in these many years. No, you don't. I believe if God allows you to make money, he allows you to do that so that you can grow his kingdom on this earth and get more people into heaven. That's just what I believe. But God wants to remind us today that you are not home yet. And if you think my, my life is, is, is broken, it's tattered, there's no hope, you need to know this. Your final chapter hasn't been written yet. Because by faith, by faith, you can begin to access what God has for you and in you and through you. You can stand before God one day and He can say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's bow our heads. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.